You know, um, mistaken identity can range anywhere to something really serious to something sometimes humorous. And I'm sure it's, it's happened to you before. Uh, I know it's happened to me. When uh, we lived in Atlanta, uh, I used to drive by Stone Mountain State Park every day on my way home from work. And I would stop there every day and either run or ride my bike through the park. And uh, it was great. I enjoyed it. And I, at the time, I drove a Mazda that was bright yellow. It was great. You could find it in any parking lot immediately. And uh, so one day I, I stopped at the park, you know, parked my car and I got out and was going to go for a run. I looked over and I saw another car that looked exactly like mine. It was the same make, same year. It was the same bright yellow color. And I didn't have any decals on my car. They didn't have any decals on theirs. I mean, they looked exactly alike. And then the thing that was that made even more of a coincidence is they had a bike rack on the back of their car. And it was the exact same bike rack that I had on my car. The same, I mean, exactly the same. And uh, so I thought that was really kind of an interesting coincidence. Uh, a few weeks later, I had my bike, and I stopped, parked, got out, took my bike off, went for a ride. And when I came back, I, I put my bike on the rack, and when I got ready to open the door, um, I saw a note on the windshield. And so I got the note, and I opened it up, and it said, Dear Jenna, whom I assume is the person who owned the other car that looked exactly like mine. And so I, 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 maybe I shouldn't have, but I read the rest of the note. And I don't know what Doug had done, but he seemed really sorry. And um, I, you know, I hope she forgave him because he seemed genuinely apologetic for whatever it was. But in the note, he said, if you accept my apology, please call me. Well, I knew she wasn't going to call him because she, wasn't, she didn't get the note. <laughs> he put it on my car by mistake. And so um, I actually drove around uh, to all the parking lots I knew of trying to find her car, and I couldn't. Um, I kept it with me for a couple of months, but I never saw that car again. And uh, I don't know what happened to Doug and Jenna. Uh, you know, I, I, I hope the best. Uh, you know, I hope his error didn't turn out too badly. But, uh, but sometimes, you know, we get confused and we make mistakes. Um, but it concerns me that sometimes we misidentify God. We, we have this image of God that is not really the God of the Bible. You see, the Bible tells us what God is like and describes God to us. And then we have the opportunity to have a personal relationship with God so that we can get to know God. But a lot of people don't read the Bible. A lot of people don't really have a real you know, tight relationship with God. And so when other people tell them about God, they just believe what they hear. And sometimes the perception they hear is not really accurate. It's not really God. Um, and maybe all of us make this mistake from time to time. Uh, but, you know, for example, you know, I've, I've heard some televangelists talk about God uh, as, as someone who wants and needs your money. And if you'll just send your money to God through his special friend on TV, um, then God will heal you if you're sick or God will give you 10 times whatever you gave guaranteed. And a lot of people believe that's God of the Bible, but it's not. That's not God. That's some misperception of who God is. It's, it's another case of mistaken identity. 
Now, for years, you know, I believe that there is a character that people mistake for God. They've gotten the two confused over the years. And so I thought that this time of year might be a good time to address that. So um, tell me if you recognize this person, this guy here. That y'all are stone silent. Did anybody know who that is? Very good, very good. Uh, we all recognize this guy. We, we kind of know who, who that is and, and what to expect. Um, what about this person? That's, uh, that's at least Michelangelo's idea of what God looks like. Uh, that's the creation of Adam from the ceiling of the Sistine, uh, the Sistine Chapel. Um, but for some reason, that's the picture we have of God. We picture God as like this older man with a gray beard and gray hair, um, like Santa. Um, they kind of look alike, actually. And, and so I think people have gotten them confused um, through the years. And so this morning, I, I want to talk about a few things that we, we've, we have been, we've often thought is God, but it's not God. It's, it's Santa, and we've, we've gotten them confused. So, so let's take a few moments. For you. Stick with me here. This, this will make sense. So um, to begin with, God is not male. Now, when, when, when God became flesh and blood, you know, in the form of Jesus of Nazareth, you know, Jesus was male, but God is not male. God is a spirit. And, you know, and I understand we pray our Father in heaven, and, and we, we have to have some kind of handle or image to try to grasp and understand God as long as we know that God's not really male, God's spirit. And so God created male and female. And so within the person of God are all the feminine and masculine attributes that are in creation because that's where they came from. They came from God. So God is not male. And if we really understand that, once that really gets into our mind that God is not male, then it eliminates the basis for a whole lot of patriarchy and sexism that goes on in our culture. God isn't male. That's Santa. <laughs> See, we got that confused. And, and God is also not white. Even Jesus wasn't white. Jesus was Middle Eastern, so he probably had olive-colored skin. But because God is spirit, God doesn't have a color. And for whatever reason, God decided in creation that he would make people of all different kinds of colors. I guess God thought the variety would be, would be a beautiful way to, to, to enhance his creation. And, and when it comes to creation, God doesn't have a favorite color. I tell you, I never thought the day would come when white supremacy and neo-Nazi philosophy were on the rise. Never thought I'd see it. Our grandfathers fought and died over this. This isn't something to wink at. It, it, it's something very serious. And we really need to get in our minds, God is not white. And once we grasp that, then it eliminates the basis for a whole lot of racism that goes on in our culture. God's not white. That's Santa. And, and God's not American. And I know Santa's not really American either, uh, but we, we think of him that way. And, and this is important to understand. God loves all of us who were born in this country. And God loves everybody who was born in every other country. 
But we, we always like to think somehow, you know, we're special. Every nation thinks that. And, and you know, we, we have this tendency to think that, that God somehow loves us Americans more than everybody else. Now, I grew up in the South. And, and I, I'm just going to tell you the honest truth. A lot of Southerners that I grew up with, they really believe God loves people from the South more than people from the North. Now, if you're from the North, you've probably picked up on that. <laughs> I mean, they really think that. I mean, just, I mean, look at the winters God gave us and the winters God gave you, right? I mean, it's pretty obvious. You know, we, we all like to think that, you know, we're special, that somehow we're God's favorite. But the sooner we understand that God loves everybody, then the better off we are. Because throughout history, people have thought that their nation had a special place in God's plan to the point that they began to confuse government or political agendas with God's will. It's called nationalism or a national religion. And people can no longer tell the difference between being a citizen of their country and being a Christian. It becomes the same thing. And um, you know, it happened in the fourth century when the church sold its soul to the Roman Empire and everything went downhill, and then we ended up with the Crusades. It's happened several times in history. It happened in Germany, and the church sided with Hitler and went along with murdering Jews because Hitler promised to do a lot of things the church wanted him to do. And they confused being a Christian with being a good German citizen, and we all know how that turned out. So anytime we think the kingdom of God aligns with our political or nationalist views, we have probably mistaken God for someone else. So male, white, American. That's Santa. <laughs> That's not God. Now here's another thing we get confused. Santa shows up once a year on his holiday and he brings us the gifts that we ask for. And then he goes away and we don't deal with him anymore until next year. I have met a lot of people who think of God like that. That God just shows up on God's holiday, which is Christmas or Easter or maybe even every Sunday, and gives us what we ask for because a lot of times our prayers sound more like a Christmas list. And so we ask God for all these things and God just shows up and gives us those things and then God goes away and we don't have anything to do with him until we need something else and then we call on God again. But that's not how it works with God. You see, God actually wants to have a relationship with us. God wants our prayers to sound less like Christmas lists and more like a conversation with a beloved friend. God wants to actually be involved in our lives every day, not just holidays. As a matter of fact, that's what Christmas is all about. It's about how God came to be with us because God wants to be engaged in our lives, involved in our lives every single day. And the scripture I wanted to read to you this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew. It's one verse. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. That doesn't sound like someone who just shows up on a holiday. That sounds like someone who wants to be involved in our lives all the time, every single day. 
And, and, and if you, you think that, that God wants anything less than to be involved in every aspect of your life, every single day, leading and guiding you, then, then we've mistaken someone else for God. Show up occasionally and give us what we ask for. That's not God. That's Santa. And, and here's another thing. With Santa, it's all about making the list. You know, Santa has two lists, a nice list and a naughty list. And you want to make sure your name is on the nice list. Because if your name is on the nice list, then you'll get what you ask for on Christmas morning. If your name's on the naughty list, you get a lump of coal. So as any kid can tell you, it's all about making the list. Just do whatever you have to do to get on the list, to get your name on the nice list. I mean, if you have to do a few nice things around the house, you do them. Especially, you know, as you get close to Christmas, because you know, as long as you keep your nose clean and don't tick the big guy off, then you will get what you want on Christmas morning. And you don't really have to love your brother. Just pretend you do so you can get your name on the list and get what you want for Christmas. You know, I have met people who have reduced the entire teaching of Scripture down to that same philosophy about God. God has two lists. A list of those going to heaven, a list of those going to hell. And you want to get on the list of those going to heaven. Heaven is better than the nice list because it lasts forever. And hell is worse than the naughty list because you get that same lump of coal, but this time it's on fire. <laughs> uh, so you don't want to end up on that list. So um, you do whatever you need to do to get your name on the list that says you go to heaven. So whatever transaction you have to make, you say whatever prayer you're supposed to pray, or if you, if you need to go to church, you go to church. If you have to do a few good things, you do those. Do whatever you need to do to get your name on that list. Nothing else matters. Doesn't matter how you live day to day. Doesn't matter how you treat people. As long as your name is on the list, you go to heaven, and that's all that matters. And uh, then come, you know, just, just keep your nose clean, and come judgment day, you're good to go. And by the way, you don't really have to love your brother. Just pretend you do and get your name on the list. And you know how you make Santa's list? You make the list by, do, by being good. That was so disturbing to me as a kid. How do you know when you've been good enough? Being good is hard when you're a 10-year-old boy. You know, at least in the months of November and December, I worked hard at overcoming most temptations. But I still sweated it through a few Christmas Eves, <laughs> hoping Santa would judge on a curve. Because I knew if, if you know, there were kids at school meaner than me. So I knew if, you know, if he did a comparison thing, I'd be okay. Surely he would show a little grace. You know, I hoped he would see things my way. I mean, sure, surely Santa could look over a few unfortunate incidents that my brother deserved most of them anyway. And you know, a lot of people think God is like that. The way you get on the heaven list is by being good. But being good... It's hard work. And it's hard work when you're a 60-year-old boy. How do you know you've been good enough? You know, you do, you do the best you can and hope God grades on a curve because there are other people out there worse than us. The Bible says, 
For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. So it's not about being good so we can go to heaven. God came to earth to have a relationship with us. God loves us and wants to have a relationship with us. God didn't come so we could get our name on a list and then live however we wanted and it not matter. God came so we could live each and every day in God's presence and in relationship with God. And God wants us to love God and love each other the way God has loved us. I have met too many people through the years who think God is either male or white or or American, who think God just shows up on occasion and gives us what we ask for, who think the only thing that matters is getting your name on the list, and who think you get on the list by being good. I've met a lot of people that I'm not sure they believe in God, but they believe in Santa Claus. The two are not the same. And like I said before, I have nothing against Santa Claus. But don't get God and Santa Claus confused. Emmanuel, God with us. God came so God could know us and live in relationship with us every single day. And so we could get to know God and become who God created us to be. Don't suffer from a case of mistaken identity. That's who God is. That's God, not Santa. Amen.